0: To the finest crew in Starfleet, engage. Watch your bets,
1: sir. I'm Captain Captain Jingwa of the Do USS Voyager. Captain, Captain Captain Jingwa of the Do USS Voyager. Captain the Welcome to the greatest generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys, just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica.
0: I'm Ben Harrison.
1: Back in person. Once again, me and you in the same room.
0: I'm starting to regret that decision.
1: Yeah, because we were just in a different room where I spilled a drink in your kitchen. Yeah, I I forgot. I have to send the the robot mop to clean up your mess. And as soon as it happened, and as soon as you said that, I was like, well, there's our show open. (laughs) In a Voyager episode all about robots and our relationships to them. I guess I did a bad thing. I yeah. spilled a sticky drink on your floor because you you did me the solid of making me a cocktail.
0: Yeah, and what does it say about me that I treat this robot as a servant? Yeah, a robot yeah. that I bought from a company that is primarily funded by Defense Department contracts.
1: <laughs> I was wondering why it was so pink and fleshy.
0: Joe Rogan Experience is sponsored by the Fleshlight. They don't sell them that way, but I tried to make it feel a little bit more, um, you know, personable.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, that's where the dust goes. <laughs> I don't like the idea of mixing lube and dust.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why uh, That's why you saw the Jode family piling <laughs> all of their belongings into the back of a pickup truck and driving away from my robot mop. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to be where the dust is
1: No, hell no That's
0: the last place you want to be If you're a Jode
1: More and more places turning into dust bowls these yeah. days Yeah,
0: Rosasharn took one look at that
1: No one's going to want to fuck in a dust bowl That's like one of the effects of climate change That no one's talking about
0: Yeah, turns out Darth Vader was right Sand is is very
1: hateable Yeah, it gets into your lubricants It gets into your uh, into your fuck vacuums Yeah it's all over the place. I don't like it. I don't have a fuck vacuum at home. I do my fucking and my vacuuming the old-fashioned way.
0: Well, you live in a, uh, a very vertically oriented home that is, is not well suited to a fuck vacuum or a real doll or anything.
1: Let me tell you something. It is a real deterrent to an aging parent <laughs> <laughs> living in a home configuration like this. How many stairs do you think my place has?
0: Oh boy. I mean you it's it's three different levels, right? So it's gotta have it's gotta have dozens.
1: I kinda wanna ask my wife how many stairs our place has she's, just to see she, if she'll do it. She's
0: just gonna hang up her work and, and and count the stairs while we sit here whiling away our Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, the uh... Deterrent to turn it to, a, to an aging parent thing was definitely... That's why on.
1: parents love ramblers.
0: Yeah. It was on our mind when we were house hunting because... You uh, actually
1: thought it through, didn't you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I like your home and I like I like the layout and I like stairs in a place. And that's, that's like maybe a little bit more my speed than the place we wound up moving to. And... Uh, And it was kind of not an option to even consider those places because uh, we have parents with with bad hips and stuff, and uh, it just, you know.
1: You know what, I didn't think it through because I really like both you and your wife's parents, (laughs) and had I known that our steps would be a deterrent to them. Yeah. I might have made a different decision. I should have told you. I, yeah. I regret not telling you. But instead, I'm just going to get myself invited over to their place as I do. Yeah. A welcome guest every time. Yeah. That's me. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're I've
1: never spilled at their homes. You've
0: never spilled at their homes. Uh, they always appreciate that you give a warning before you do a jackknife into the backyard pool. I do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> very
1: very gentle with the furniture hmm
0: yeah you you always send a nice thank you note if uh if the occasion calls for it, and that is boy, boy, does a parent think that that is a great move, oh my God, you could not impress a parent more than to send a thank you note for something
1: it dominates. I can't uh, encourage this enough, yeah, out there as we start seeing people, just generally, yeah, especially the older people in your life. you don't have to be family but uh if an if an old does you a kindness will
0: you do me a kindness? Puts you up for a night or makes you a nice meal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you send a, you send a little handwritten their way, and then uh, between five and eight days later, it gets there. <laughs> <laughs> By the time they've forgotten about the kindness they did to you.
0: Yeah, and then, like, it, between five and eight days later, it gets there, and then, like, a month after that, they find it in the huge pile of junk mail that covers the floor of their garage. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they really appreciate it, and they say, That Adam Pranica, class act feels good wow well uh while this robot uh goes ahead and uh and mops the floor of my kitchen uh do you want to get into some uh some robotic issues on uh star trek colon voyager
1: have to do that ben it's the format of the show
0: yeah (laughs) i guess i guess you have a point there adam
1: (laughs) let's get into star trek voyager season two episode 13 prototype Rebirth course unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes i'm not turning around <laughs> and you know this is a jonathan frakes episode and mm. you you could probably tell without seeing the credit at a number of points
0: yeah the shot uh, that we open on is a pov it's a it's a black and white shot of the Voyager, and at this point, we're thinking either dog or robot. It's got to be one of the two.
1: Or Geordi. Or Geordi. I mean, Geordi, a, a notable example of POV in Star Trek.
0: Yeah, but he always, he sees in like Technicolor when we sit when we see his POV, and they're like, "This is what you see." Yeah. And they're yeah. like, and he's like, "No, because like my neurons process it differently, or whatever." But. <laughs>
1: All he's looking at is tits also. <laughs> I'm guilty of a terrible crime.
0: Yeah, this is what he thinks is sex. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. The POV is engulfed in a transporter beam, which is a shot that I think we've only ever seen in that barkley episode where he's like he's like meeting meeting sandworms in the transporter pattern. And uh, and then um, and then It is all but confirmed that this is a dog, because this is a low-angle POV from the transporter pad in black and white, and BLT walks up to it. It's right at dog height, Adam. I wanted there to be a dog on the show.
1: I know. I know, especially when when confronted with what this ends up being. (laughs) I feel like this is an episode that is extremely self-aware about what it has to reveal at some point and is waiting as long as possible to reveal it <laughs> <laughs> because the idea of the sink floating in space is appealing to me. Like I want to see this figure in space because I think bodies in space, uh, evoke a feeling. Yeah. You're prevented from that moment because of how this thing looks.
0: Do you think that this thing is meant to evoke the robot in metropolis? The early, pre-talky motion picture about a robot lady.
1: I think that is something you say when this choice is actually evoking the idea of a low budget. <laughs> it really is evoking the idea of a low budget. It's a bad robot. <laughs> One of the things that happens in the POV chats that I really enjoyed was BLT gassing up the car by holding the hose part. Like, no one plugs in a cable from the cable.
0: Yeah, she's holding the cable like 12 inches back from the plug and like and like lowering it into, into frame. This is
1: the part when the robot should be like, what are you doing?
0: No, <laughs> no, 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 no. You're doing it all wrong. Um, yeah, so it's it's Kim and BLT. They've got this thing... Uh, up on a slab and they're trying to they're trying to fix it up and everything we're seeing is in black and white and super glitchy and uh, we get a little like a zoom in shot of I guess like a security camera of what they're working on that's the, our first peak of this silver robot
1: which is the right kind of reveal, because if you see the body on the slab that you get after the break, you would have changed the channel at the break <laughs> you can this is the order of operations you show it after the break when you've already hooked the viewer,
0: yeah, yeah, good call so uh that's our that's our smash to theme, and when we come back we are uh we are out of p o v for the rest of the episode and uh This is Star Trek Voyager. They've got a strange robot that there's been a lot of debate over whether they should power it back up or not. Uh, What do you want to do with that? You want to get it as physically close to the warp core as you can possibly get it.
1: Every time. Every time. Yeah. This is dialogue meant to teach the viewer about what this thing is and what it is not. Yeah. And after all of this plugging and unplugging and dialing in of the amount of polarity... (laughs) <laughs> they're uh they're they're putting into him uh the robot starts twitching and flopping around
0: yeah it starts making beeps and boops but it's not it's not making any sense
1: it's sort of like your your sex vacuum mm-hmm. uh driving over one of the ropes that you've left in your kitchen oh <laughs> i'm
0: not dropping nuts on my kitchen floor yeah
1: <laughs> Give me a break. you're just looking out your kitchen window, uh, roping into your butcher block. Come on. <laughs> Under what you, you circumstance gotta, gotta, would I get that horny in my kitchen? You got to refinish that booze board, Ben. Mm. You yeah. got to do it every month.
0: I use mineral oil, not, not, uh, not animal protein.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. BLT is really taking a shine to this robot. She's She's uh, she's fascinated by it. She's supposed to be an engineer, though. She's going all Geordi with this thing. Like, when I touch this robot, I'm thinking of you Mm -hmm. vibing with it.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a lot. She's like, do you think a calzone would help? Would that bring it
1: back to life? (laughs) I think you really, if you're going to like this episode, you need to ride with the idea that BLT is trying to engage with this instinct in a way that is credible yeah. Because up until now, I never got the sense that she was interested in loving a thing yeah. like this and caring for it like yeah. this. But when you look into those cold silver eyes, I mean, who wouldn't fall for that mm-hmm. that face? Yeah, right?
0: it's it's very charming. This is uh, an interesting moment at the end of this scene because Kim is like, "Hey, listen, we're exhausted. We've been not at this all day. Let's let's uh, let's break and come back in the morning." And BLT announces that uh it's all nighter time for her and I I love this cuz she could pull rank and say we are pulling an all nighter yeah. but she does not and no. she boy, wants the
1: glory for herself having
0: spent some time like working in ad agencies in my uh younger days a boss that takes it upon themselves to pull the all nighter and doesn't drop the all nighter hammer and then head home
1: yeah that's nice. It's
0: a solid boss. It made me really respect BLT.
1: She looks up at Kim and she says, uh, they're going to write songs about me for <laughs> reviving this robot.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so he heads off to bed and uh, and she keeps cracking at it and uh, does, not, does not make a ton of progress.
1: No, no matter how many pots of coffee she drinks. Because uh, in the mess hall, she's trying to put this thing together in her mind. And even Neelix is like, this coffee is gross as hell. Yeah. you're actually you have actually just set the record for consumption. <laughs> this is the moment where I need to cut you off
0: yeah he says listen uh, we've been making an exception to the rule but coffee is for closers only and until you revive this robot I cannot in good conscience let you have any more.
1: The robot doesn't have any good leads for BLT No so but uh, Neelix does have a folksy anecdote mm-hmm. I was using six spices but the omelette needed seven. She needs rest, not coffee.
0: Yeah, she needs to get her head out of the game. You know, you can only strain so hard on a problem. Sometimes you got to give yourself a break, and then solutions may
1: present themselves. I learned a long time ago not to strain on the problem. Yeah, to just sort of let it fall out. Yeah, if you can, <laughs> it, it can be a big, big problem if you start straining.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can tear something down there. Yeah, uh, so it, almost comical, like how quickly the solution comes to her. She's like. Literally gets to bed, lets her head touch the pillow just barely, and she's like up and back in
1: it Yeah, Six Bay is where she goes.
0: Oh, yeah, she goes to Six Bay first because she needs to consult with uh, Doc Holloway, and uh, this is kind of merging the the terminology of blood transfusion and power adaptation because what they're having trouble with is getting... The kind of power sources they have available on Voyager to work with the type of uh, power this robot seems to require.
1: I like the story arc for Doc Holliday because when BLT walks in, he's like, I've been experimenting with another serious medical condition. I have herpes.
0: Which ordinarily would kill the unfortunate (laughs) Bolian.
1: And so he kind of like, he's walking around a little uncomfortably. Like, clearly, like a person trying not to scratch. Yeah. It's sort of like a subtext of the entire scene.
0: Yeah. And that's, it's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah.
1: There is some fun dialogue pattern between the two because they're, they're playing that conversational tennis where they're trying to turn over the problem into finding a biologically sound version of a solution to a mechanical problem. Right. And this is a thing a lot like, uh, changing partitions in apartments that you only ever see in TV and movies. But the word unless solves everything. Yeah. At the end of this conversation, <laughs> BLT figures it out with the word unless. <laughs>
0: and uh, she and goes, she's out of there. She's out of there, down to the warp core. We get a god shot, a, like the Frake's signature god shot of the uh, robot on the slab next to the warp core. Yeah. And she's like putting little units some kind of adaptation unit on and uh these are gonna these are gonna like adapt it to to the new thing
1: yeah i mean we don't see blt changing or waking up kim and captain janeway for this moment yeah but i've got to imagine the pitch is like i'm ready to boot up this terrifying abomination who wants to join
0: (laughs) and of course they do yeah and uh, and Janeway is like just as involved as Kim. Like she is she's like adjusting capacitance and and uh, regulating plasma flow uh, right alongside everyone.
1: The choice to turn its power source into a a crazy sound into a heartbeat sounding sound is totally intentional here.
0: yeah, it's great. and uh, And they get this thing working.
2: I'm Lieutenant Belana Torres. The is feeling
0: fine and wine. It's the 3PO costume that you buy at Halloween Adventure that does not have the Star Wars license, so it's called Golden Robo Friend or something like that.
1: It's the Tin Man, tin man. from Wizard of Oz that you can make at home with the <laughs> with the paint bucket and the oil oiler.
0: But one thing that works well is that is that like when the when the hood is up and you can see the guts like they have great like cohesion between the sound design and the way the light is blinking and stuff
1: the hood has batman six-pack abs though (laughs) come on here's the question that i'm going to ask right now would this have been better were it a exocomp style robot Hmm. something that is not humanoid or if it were to be humanoid like here's a question I had later on. Like, it's clearly larger than BLT. Yeah. What if it were a lot larger than BLT? I thought that, like, that What that if would it have were ten
0: feet tall? An interesting choice. Casting like a really, really big actor. Yeah. Um when I was uh in college, I made uh my my thesis film actually uh featured a robot and uh this guy like worked as a human statue slash robot dancer in times square like he he painted himself orange and went down to times square and put a hat on the ground and had like one of those little mouth whistles where he could go like and he could just like do like beautiful perfect imitation of a robot
1: and you had him break character so you could pitch him the idea for your movie (laughs) no i i uh i got a hold of his headshot through someone but um was he your we, third choice after briefs, underwear, guitar player, and uh,
0: and, and extremely shitty Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he was. He was my first choice. Because... Ropy Elmo. <laughs> uh, but he like we had. Uh, I, I can I can say this with confidence about the exact same budget for making a person look like a robot as yeah. this episode of Star Trek Voyager did. Yeah. Like the costume was on this level for my student film. But the robot was so roboty in my film because he could move it, he could move in the right way. And like this guy is doing little things with his head that are good at implying that kind of twitchy robot, but it's like, it's not more than Brent Spiner did. And Brent Spiner was supposed to be almost human, like the, like right on the cusp of Pinocchioing, and this guy I think should be much robotier.
2: Watch what you say, white bread, before
1: I cut you. It's an episode that should be doing everything it can to make us forget Brent Spiner's performance of Data, and instead. Drives the the episode car right up to Data's house and slowly rolls by to remind us of what could have been.
0: Yeah, it's a real Olivia Rodrigo to Brent Spiner.
1: It is. Yeah. We see how happy Janeway and BLT are in this moment, but we don't see a react from Kim. And I think that's because he's horrified that there's another being on board with a limitless stamina. Yeah, I kind of got
0: the sense that Kim was was sizing this robot up, trying to see if it would be interested. Yeah. Because they're, I mean, the that is a pretty exciting uh, proposition. Uh, but uh, this is uh, Automated Personnel Unit 3947. And uh, it uh, explains that it was stationed aboard a Preylor vessel and it was on a mining drone and the drone got exploded and that's why it was like drifting around in space. God,
1: give me the flashback. God, give me, give me 50,000 more dollars to show the like (laughs) dissolve to this little miner guy working on a thing and then being blown free from an asteroid (laughs) and like spinning in space.
0: Yeah. God. So many times somebody gets gets abandoned in space in a sci-fi yeah. and it's very rare that you don't see the event leading up to that. I know. It's, I know. It's kind of kind of left me wanting that.
1: This guy has no memory of basically anything else. Yeah. Which I think goes some way in suggesting a sentience like this isn't described as a damage to a memory processor. Yeah. This is described as can't remember or yeah. forgetting. And I think that terminology is is specifically important here.
0: And they're saying like, oh maybe it'll come back which is In also. In a way that yeah. does
1: not happen when you drop a hard drive into a bucket full of magnets.
0: <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I've dropped a hard drive into a bucket full of magnets, Adam. You know
1: that. Why do you have that bucket under your desk? I don't
0: know. I love the feeling of danger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the robot encourages BLT to work on making more power units that saved them. The robot's like, "Uh, great job with me. Yeah. Uh, I know a whole lot of people like me who could go for this.
0: Are you interested in a business opportunity? Because uh, I happen to know that there's a sizable market of power unit enthusiasts out there. <laughs> yeah. And we don't know how to make them ourselves.
1: To emphasize their point, the robot stands up. And the way that this is blocked, again, I think is, is very specific. You don't ever see the robot's legs... Or feet, the entire episode, and it's by blocking you get the suggestion of their difference in height between B.L.T. and the robot,
0: right? But but it's not a crazy difference. I think
1: you could play this moment for more fear, right? Than they're doing. It should
0: be the guard in Star Trek Three standing up when Sulu walks up and talks to him, and he's like two and a half feet taller than him,
1: right? Right.
0: Yeah, I mean. Also this like this like real face on shot of automated personnel unit 4154 or whatever it is really exposes the seam in the front and back half of the helmet that they put this actor in. Yeah. Adam, I hate this seam. I hate it so much. I hated looking at it. I hated how it didn't fit. I hated how the gap was not even all the way around. It'd be like if you the bought gap's a car, there so
1: the actor could live. Ben, if,
0: if you bought a car and like the door had like wider parts in the you know where it meets the jam, and then narrower parts, you'd be like, this car was not built correctly. That's how I feel looking at this gap.
1: You got to return this robot. Yeah. The fit and finish is unacceptable. You cannot take delivery of this robot. <laughs> yeah. I read that the actors inside the robot costume, like they were suffocating in there. Yeah. And could only see out of like tiny slits in their eyes. So they had to navigate to their mark by feel. There's
0: got to be a better design. Did they like get this script like the day before they had to go into production on it? No way. What the
1: fuck? I I wonder if Gersha Phillips watches an episode like this and just feels two things. Like a great amount of of sympathy for a budget that is very very beneath hers. Yeah. But also must just laugh and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, is
0: this a costume department thing or is it do you think it's special effects makeup department thing like That's another thing I always wonder is, like, where does one stop and another start with a character? Like, I mean, Star Trek Voyager has characters that have, like, robotic components and human components, like Arium. And it's, like, it's really well done. But they also have, like, a character where there's, like, that just has, like, an iMac for a head.
1: A costume designer does not choose their budget. So I'm laying this entirely at the feet of the producers involved. Yeah. Because TNG episodes, especially early TNG episodes, fucking knew to make the weird bad guy of the week a speck of light or or an exocomp or something else that they knew they couldn't do. And I think if you're a producer and you're like, well, yeah, we've got $5,000 and a bunch of this fucking silver rubber, let's see what we can do with it. That's your fault.
0: Yeah. Bad planning. Um, so, so BLT goes to the captain uh, and is like, hey, listen, I've been asked to uh, go into the battery manufacturing business. And uh, I think I'm going to do it. I think that uh, I think I can make a lot of money. I think I can make a lot of these automated personnel units very happy. And the captain puts the kibosh on that really quick.
1: There's coffee in the kind of tampering the prime directive
2: prohibits.
0: It's one of those great uh, prime directive moments where you can really see why the prime directive does not feel like the thing to do in a moment like this for BLT.
1: Are you making the case that Captain Janeway is right?
0: I think she's absolutely right. I mean, I think the episode is about Captain Janeway being right.
1: I think it is easy to say that by the end, once the big reveal happens.
0: Yeah, but it's also, like, like the arguments for the the Prime Directive never change. And that's all Janeway has to go on in this moment. But, like... You also totally understand why BLT is like, fuck that. Like, these people need our help. Let's help them.
1: I hated this moment for the prime (laughs) directive because it resonated so familiarly with the, I'm just going to let things happen and then what will be will be that you get so fucking much today about responsibility and collective good. Like, there is something about this argument that Janeway presents that is so antithetical to, like, progress in general. Like, she actually says letting things happen and just seeing what occurs by by staying out of it is the the way to go through this moment. Instead of doing something to improve the circumstances of someone else or everyone involved. And I just think that's fucking lazy. I think it's lazy today. And I think it's lazy in the twenty fourth century. And I understand that it's a violation, but w- when it's described the way that Jane Way describes it here, yeah. it's never made the Prime Directive sound worse to me.
0: Well, I am on record as disagreeing with the Prime Directive. I know you are, but I think that, like in this episode, you are meant to feel like this is arbitrary and shitty yeah. on Janeway's part yeah and it feels arbitrary and shitty it does not feel well defended it doesn't right. feel and it and it like the other layer being that BLT is a Maquis and like doesn't like never actually swore an oath to follow the prime directive as far as we know like is is an interesting layer in this conversation and you know like I'd say the the one thing that they don't say in this in this conversation that would have kind of shown the episode's hand a little bit more is if we knew more about this species if if we were in you know in normalized diplomatic relations with them and they made a formal request for help Mm -hmm. the situation would be different because that would imply oh we like know a lot about them we have Mm -hmm. a context for why they're asking for this right etc etc yeah and that's like that's where like you know, Alpha Quadrant Prime Directive is distinct from Delta Quadrant Prime Directive.
1: Yeah, I think perspective really matters here too. Because instead of when B.L.T. leaves, we sit with Janeway to go like, "Sure, showed her who's boss. <laughs> I'm sure everything will be fine from here. We're with B.L.T. after this. When she goes right back to tell the robot, yeah, how that conversation went.
0: Sorry, this didn't. I, I did not get permission from the boss about how to how to help you
1: coffee black make it yourself i'm trying to help you see this as an opportunity to grow make it yourself this was the first inkling that i felt where something might be off with this guy because yeah why does the robot want to make more robots and what makes the robot have an opinion at all about this stuff
0: right what's what is what's motivating him yeah and she's like listen like that that was the final word on this on this topic i cannot help you make more of you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh and and he's like, Man, I'm really disappointed. I thought you were I thought you were godlike, but it turns out you're a real asshole.
1: Yeah. So did I. On the bridge they meet up with the robo ship who's approached. Yeah. And they FaceTime with the robo captain. And they do this in order to set up the transfer. It's like kind of a prisoner transfer vibe to the whole thing.
0: Yeah, it it does not feel like a, hey, we found your guy, uh, just wanted to get him back to you. It feels a little... Cold? Cold and... And robotic? Robotic. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> so they they arrange for this, BLT goes down to the transporter room to uh, shake automated personnel unit 242's hand...
1: She really sends him off to robot summer camp with a thermos of soup and instructions to shower every day. There really is that vibe here.
0: Yeah, you can tell that he's going to be the uh, the robot that works at the summer camp's uh, low-frequency uh,
1: radio channel.
2: I knew this would happen. I would meet you and fall in love with you and you would leave
1: me. You can tell in this scene that this is one robot that's definitely going to piss the bed. <laughs>
0: He's got one of those Joker uh, uh, hand buzzers, though. Yeah, and sure enough, it's a lightning handshake. Lightning handshake, K-O-B-L-T, and uh, he abducts her. It's like abducting God, Adam.
1: This is not supposed to be funny, but the shot of the robot on the transporter pad king-konging BLT (laughs) is a real look. Yeah and it's shot slightly like pointed up which yeah. just makes it makes the robot look even more like Frankenstein's monster here totally totally and we get one of the one of the most classic star trek
0: scenes up on the bridge they're going like somebody's doing a transport stop it before it gets no we can't it's we too missed late. it yeah.
1: yeah
0: nobody is ever like fuck <laughs> ow oh! like kim kim is not like god damn it i If I had hit that button half a second earlier, I would have stopped the whole episode from
1: happening. You see the angle on the pad and his finger just misses. (laughs) It misses just slightly, but it's enough.
0: They're gone, Captain. And then she's like, Mr. Kim, why don't you take five? We'll call up your relief.
1: Yeah, the jump has been jumped on them. And it's over. BLT's over there. And
0: uh, so they have to get back on the FaceTime with, with Captain Robo. And now now Janeway is uh, starting to pull the sword out of the scabbard.
1: She's saying like... Except it's sort of a limp sword because she's like, don't make us shoot at you. Come on. Like, yeah. we don't want to have to respond with violence. Just return our person. Yeah. And this is like the classic puncher pulling their punch... When the other boxer, like, is is throwing at full strength. Yeah,
0: they should have just opened up with everything they had in this moment.
1: Yeah. Um, It's the only way to be
0: sure. It was a very hostile act. Yeah. Anyways.
1: Wouldn't you be hurt if you were BLT and the ship where you came from didn't see fit enough to, like, respond fully to your kidnapping? (laughs) I'd have a real problem with
0: this. Yeah. That would be pretty hurtful. Like,
1: my kidnappers are asking for a ransom of, like, half a million dollars, which I will say is low for someone of my caliber. Mm, and yet, like, I my friends... I don't know if
0: we can ki- quite my, come up with that much money.
1: And my friends and family are like, let's let's ice them out a little bit.
0: Best we can do is, like, 300
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyways, uh, she wakes up on a schismed slab, and this may... Maybe Not the why. first slab
1: that BLT's woken up on this season.
0: Yeah, maybe why she isn't immediately offended is that she's a little more focused on what's going on with her.
1: If I were BLT and I had woken up on another slab, I'd yeah. be feeling my face and my teeth <laughs> to see if some separation hadn't happened again.
0: Yeah, uh, she, is, uh, she is informed by uh, Automated Personnel Unit 220 that... Uh, This is going to be the slab upon which she makes a new automated personnel unit.
2: I got a way for you to work off that money that you owe me. Captain Janeway won't let you get away with this.
1: Back on the Voyager, Janeway's like, look, we're going to do that thing where we uh, tactically shoot a little hole in our opposing ship's shields, and then we're going to use that hole to beam out BLT. It's going to be great because it's not going to hurt any innocent robots over there. Yeah, Make it so. And the robot ship does not respond in kind whatsoever. It is dropping fucking bangers on the Voyager. And what's great about this moment is the perspective again, because you watch this through BLT's eyes from the robot ship and it's scary.
0: Yeah. Voyager is like lower than the than the robot ship. Yeah. And It doesn't seem like the robot ship is like way bigger, but it it looks so imposing relative to the Voyager because of the way it's shot, and also because of how helpless it feels to see it happening from where BLT is standing. Yeah.
1: This is sufficient to encourage BLT uh, to get with the program here.
0: Yeah. As it becomes clear that they have really poked the wrong bear, uh, BLT kind of kind of throws herself on the mercy of the automated personnel unit and says, like, if you could please see your way to not killing all of my friends, I will help you with your thing. Uh, she's going to become a Pdvud, Adam. You've heard of Polly under duress. This is prime directive violator under duress. Wow. The ship is absolutely fucking trashed. Like, they have, like, hull breaches. They, like, powers out all over their ship. The ship is completely fucked up. And that's when BLT gets on the FaceTime and is like, I've got I've like talked them off of the ledge of, of totally destroying the ship. I'm going to help them make their prototype. That was like the only bargaining chip that would work.
1: I love how this scene ends because BLT makes the case to the captain, and then before the end of the scene, the robot like, leans his head into frame <laughs> to put its own emphasis on the moment should be funny is yeah. is not totally funny
0: I, I feel like it's a funny gif there's a funny yeah. gif in that robot sticking his head into the frame
1: it's it's related to the paris pops up into frame like the gopher <laughs> yeah. that we got in uh in season one
0: yeah absolutely
1: The robo gives BLT the lowdown on the hospitality available to her in this lab. Yeah. And I wish they emphasized how unprepared they were for a biological person to be on the ship. Because the robo makes the case that, like, here are your tools. Here's the lab. I'm going to be watching you stick arms onto torsos and whatever. And also, here's a bucket. (laughs) Like, I wish that was part of it, too, because it would have... Installed an artificial timeline onto things too, like yeah, we don't have food for you. Yeah, we don't have water, replicators
0: or or anything. Yeah, yeah. So
1: like, make or die is suggested in a very different context later on. Or when it, make or die should be introduced right now.
0: Or it could be like analogous to the scene in the in the bank heist movie where they get like a bunch of pizza boxes delivered to the bank. Yeah. For the hostages to eat, like. Yeah. Like, if there had been a, a part where Voyager, like, you know, Neelix had to come over on a shuttle craft and give her, like, an away, uh, an away team uh, right.
1: bag lunch or whatever. Right. I mean, in, instead, like, I think this is also very intentional, too. It's not our robo who is cruelly making these descriptions it's captain robo who comes in and is like yeah like anyone who builds our phones or sews our textiles or assembles our airplanes you got to make rate or die right that's those are the terms of this agreement
0: it's like working in an amazon warehouse over here on robo ship yeah um i thought they did um a good job of, of giving us a couple of visual cues to tell these robots apart, like as cheap as the designs are of the of the robot characters, like having them be broken in slightly different ways, I think was a good choice. Because we all
1: are, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, at the end of the day, that's really how I tell people apart. Well, I've got to get that.
2: Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm gonna head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week It's available nationwide. That's Microdose.com, promo code is SCARVS, for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code SCARVS!
1: You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by seven customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES. To save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, that's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace.
2: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly
0: in your podcast app.
2: And at MaximumFun.org. Latinum. Get that low bed lodgement. I've got to get that. Latinum. What are you selling a heist?
1: Gold. Totally scarred is the Voyager and the crew aboard who are dealing with a very protracted repair process ahead.
0: Yeah, there is a McLaughlin group Issue one. where they're talking about like a week of work that the ship is going to need after after this situation. It becomes clear that the robot ship is way overmatched to the Voyager in terms of weapons, but the Voyager is way, way faster. So there starts to seem like there's going to be some math It's like
1: choosing hockey players in an NES game. Like, you could choose the big bulky guy, Mm -hmm. but they're going to be slower than the speedy guy who is going to be weaker.
0: Right. But you might want the big bulky guy because uh, there might be a fight that breaks
1: out on the ice. It's not even so much me as it's Ronick. He's good. Things are feeling urgent and out of control in a very fun Star Trek way. In a way that I feel like we are only semi-often feeling on Voyager.
0: Yeah. The clock is ticking like the, like, Captain Robot is going to destroy Voyager if BLT can't solve this impossible engineering project that his entire society has been unable to crack. You know, it'd be like if uh, Bashir had to cure the phage or they were going to destroy Earth or something like that. Right. And they're just running up against, like, a technical problem, which is, like, the power cells are unique and they're unique on purpose because each one has to work with a specific unit they can't they're not interchangeable the power cells in the way that like all of the other parts are so the the solution is we need to find a way to make a power cell that is is interchangeable and that is great news to a uh, automated personnel unit 6969
1: it's a scene that also allows for these two characters to get to know each other. This robo is like, how do you treat robots in your culture? Mm -hmm. And BLT is like, well, mostly they're fuck vacuums except for Data. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And even Data could be considered a fuck vacuum. Yeah. In his own way.
0: There have been a lot of conversations about how sentient is or is not Doc Holliday on Mm -hmm. this show. And to what extent do we treat him as a fully fledged member of the crew? And that was a debate that was focused on a lot more intentionally in a few episodes of TNG as, as regards data. But I thought it was interesting that Doc Holloway wasn't even cited as a, as a comp in the, in the scenes because he's like he's not an autonomous robot, but he is a computer intelligence, right?
1: And they probably will at some point in Voyager do some kind of deep dive comp as to why they aren't considered related ideas.
0: Yeah, that was strange to me, and also it was interesting in the context of there having been some friction in the rest of the crew with how to treat Doc Holliday that... BLT is like you and data are the same to me. Like what she is saying is that if Automated Personnel Unit 222 came to the Federation, he could get a uniform and go to the academy and shit.
1: Yeah, but Tasha Yar would never fuck this guy. No, no. <laughs> She's got higher standards than that. Yeah,
0: she likes a dad bod. She doesn't like all that all those muscles on the on the abs. You know, she
1: uh, she likes dad bod and she likes a page boy haircut. <laughs>
0: Yeah, she's like, where's the mud flap? I can't get into this.
1: A transporter-style rescue is hatched, but with a shuttle. Yeah. It's a very best-of-both-world-style plan that is going to rely on a diversion. And Chakotay is already salty about this idea because <laughs> Paris is, is going to be made to drive the shuttle because every time Chakotay drives one, it crashes, <laughs> which I think is great. I've taken all kinds of sides about whether or not I like to see Chakotay kicked in the balls in public on the bridge. Yeah. But this is a totally fair yeah take here. He's a bad shuttle driver and he should not be the pilot. I'd hate to lose another shuttle.
2: Your concern for my welfare is heartwarming.
0: But uh, BLT cracks the code. She gets the uh, she gets the power unit working.
1: Did you get the sense that as soon as BLT was finished with? this task that she would be made to create all the robos? Or were you of the opinion that once the first one got done, the robot would learn and then they'd cut her loose?
0: I think that that is left unsaid and probably wisely so because it leaves it as a a question that is both unasked and unanswered at this point. But you could see them being like, "Cool, thank you. We will now keep her forever." Yeah, or whatever.
1: Now do another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For each completed robot, you receive one bucket.
0: <laughs> they uh, they put the new power cell, the new robot. She tells uh, she tells her uh, her captor to cross his fingers, and the way he does this, I totally thought he was gonna like hold a, a hand up to choke her if it didn't work. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, But she powers it up Uh, There's an initial hiccup But then uh, she gets it going And it works Prototype 0000000001
1: Is functional Prototype unit 0001 Is ready to accept programming I thought this prototype's designation Was blinking 12 (laughs) o'clock Because several times Throughout the rest of the episode This robot just verbally blinks 12 (laughs) o'clock in a very fun way
0: yeah we don't get a lot of time to to get a sense of this new robot because a new ship comes in and starts dropping bangers on the robot ship and uh much like the sprites in a double dragon game this looks like it's the same ship just with slightly different lighting on it
1: yeah I really like this moment a lot. I
0: do too. So so these ships are licking shots at each other. And um, it's pretty clear that they, they don't really care about the Voyager at this point.
1: I love this moment where Janeway hails the gold robo ship. And she's like, hey, actually, like we've got someone over there that we need back. So could you cool it with the bangers? <laughs> and... The way that the gold robo-captain puts it makes it seem as though, like, it's cool, it's cool, we'll do something about it. It's suggested to me that if they lay back in the cut, there is a chance of getting BLT back. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they do not lay back in the cup because Paris is in the shuttle.
2: Yeah,
0: and they're like, This is actually great. This is like this is like that time last week when we thought that there was just like a generalized riot breaking out at the prison and we could use the distraction to our advantage and yeah. send Paris in there to save the day. Yeah. This time he might actually be able to do it and save the day. This is great. So uh so he is like flying in there like in the firefight, in the middle of it. BLT, uh, back in her lab, is, uh, is talking to her captor, and she's like, why why are these guys shooting at us? This ship looks just like yours. Shouldn't you, shouldn't you guys all be friends? And he's like, no, 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 they were like built by the other guys, and we fight them.
1: Look at them. They're gold. <laughs> Look at me. I'm silver. Yeah. Obviously, we've got beef.
0: Yeah, so uh, it dawns on BLT that uh, she should have listened to the captain all along. The, the prime directive was a great thing to follow here because what she is doing is helping make robo-soldiers for a senseless robo-war. That is, uh, they, the robots killed the two societies that created them so that they could perpetuate this senseless war. And uh, in, in giving them a, a way to make new ones, she is, uh, she is only protracting a terrible thing.
1: This is the most science fiction-y moment in all of Star Trek, maybe. (laughs) Concentrated here. Yeah. This is Robo War, and it's also a little bit of Judgment Day. It's a very
0: TOS kind of moment, I think.
1: Because the Robos turned on their builders, and then they continued the war themselves forever. I love that.
0: The credit uh, writer of this episode is, uh, Nick Correa and he was like a, like 70s and 80s TV writer and, and died of pancreatic cancer when he was like in his fifties, wow. like right after this episode was made. But, um,
1: that is so sad that he actually got to see this episode. <laughs> 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 you really hope that maybe, uh, it would have come out like a week or two later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But then you don't want like the widow to live with this episode.
1: Oh yeah, like, it's very cruel to the family. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: you you hate to think about that. But it's like BLT has a real like Bridge on the River Kwai moment where she's like, "Oh my God, I have to, I have to like not let the the train go over the bridge." And she picks up a, a screwdriver and plunges it into the power unit of the prototype. It dead, Adam.
1: I wish you broke its neck. <laughs> I like seeing robots with broken necks. Much like you got it at the end of Star Trek First Contact, you know? Yeah. But this neck is so girthy. Yeah, it's a girthy on neck. On these robos that I. it's going to be like hugging a barrel. Yeah. Can't do that.
0: So uh, automated unit 420 comes up and is like, I, I'm sorry, I have to kill you now. You. It turns out you're my enemy. And she's she's like getting beamed out as she says to him. She wishes that wasn't the case.
1: Great success, good job, Tom Paris. Good job, Tom Paris. You uh, you really made up for last
0: episode. Yeah. And uh, he gets back into the into the shuttle bay with her, and uh, the Voyager bugs out while the two robot ships continue to rock 'em sock 'em robots each other.
1: I wish that were the last shot before the credits roll, like Voyager cruises past the camera, leaving the ships to just firefight yeah. behind, and then three credits.
0: Yeah, that would have been nice.
1: Instead, we get a button in the mess hall, where BLT asks Janeway once again, did I really fuck Chakotay a few episodes <laughs> ago? Because I can't get it out of my mind. It was no small achievement, palana You gave that unit life.
0: It's like, I, w- I saw things that are haunting me at this point. Yeah. Not this episode, two, ep- two, two, three episodes ago.
1: Yeah. Remember when the mind control guy was over here? Very troubling. And once again, Janeway I lets TLT
0: like, off the hook. Like, it, feel, it felt like, as much as anything, an excuse to give Jennifer Lean a moment in the episode.
1: Yeah. Which.
0: Because she, like, hasn't been in it that much. Which lately. I don't
1: understand, and really hasn't been in, in much. For the past several episodes. Yeah. It's funny that her scene is freshening up BLT's (laughs) beverage, though. Like, I like that that's that's a callback. It's fun. Yeah,
0: she spills a little on BLT's hand, and she's like,
1: Ow! Ow, that burned! What the fuck, Kes? (laughs) I know this is a double-walled tumbler, which means I can't necessarily feel the temperature of what's inside, but goddamn!
0: Yeah. Well, did you like this episode, Adam?
1: You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullets, I don't like friends, and I don't like you. This is the puppet problem all over again, isn't it?
0: I guess so. I don't know if I if, would call the puppet problem a problem, personally. If
1: you for some reason are a puppet person, the way I know you are But these aren't puppets! You probably love This is exactly a puppet! This no. is the same thing! No! The puppet was good! These are bad. That's the only difference, but they're both puppets, Ben. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that uh, cake is pie or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have an insane opinion like that, but I think robot is puppet in this context, and I think if you can't get with the puppet here, you can't get with this episode, even though it says some extremely interesting science fiction-y things and proposes some interesting ideas. Yeah. And gives us robot war, which I love. Yeah. I love robot war, but robot war isn't strong enough to supersede bad puppet. Bad puppet, one of the strongest forces in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> bad puppet is like is like oversalting your dish. You can't take it back. There's no amount of potatoes that you could stick in this episode stew to suck out the salinity of bad puppet.. Mm. And for that reason, I can't get with this episode. Wow. I think it's bad.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's a bad episode, and it breaks
1: my heart because it's a Frakes episode. It's a Frakes this episode. This never happens.
0: I mean, you know, even even the greatest pitchers in the in the MLB occasionally have a bad game. Yeah, you know. You can't, have, you can't throw no-hitters every single time you get up on that mound.
1: I feel like this is exactly the thing you want to talk about, that no one ever asks Jonathan Frakes if they sit next to him on an airplane. Like, hey, what happened out there with Prototype, man? I wear the, the Frakes jersey. I'm a big fan for life. But what happened there, man?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You just have a bad game?
0: Yeah. You and I both know that... Uh... One of our favorite things is when people want to know about some of our darkest chapters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can't wait to go back out on tour. Whatever happened with Friendly Fire? Why did that end? What was that like? You know what? That's a point well taken. But here's maybe a way to present that idea a little differently, which is Frakes has the sort of cachet to either uh, hold on to a script or drop it into the waste bin and I think he's got to recognize the financial constraints of a sh- of a show like this and know that uh, you can't fuck with a robot. Yeah. You got to be willing to walk out on directing a show if you feel the robot coming around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be willing to leave it in 30 seconds flat. Yeah.
0: Do you think that the robots, like, had something over the showrunners? Like, the showrunners were really worried about their medicine that week?
1: The only reason that this happens is if they made the robots before the show, and they were like, well, we got these robots. (laughs) And they
0: wrote for robot. I don't think Nick Correa was in the writer's room. I think this was a submitted script that they picked up and did not rewrite. I think if the robots worked, like, the script works, though.
1: And you could make a decision that worked within the constraints of the budget and still had a robot.
0: If you were HD remastering Voyager, I could see making this episode work by digitally replacing these men in robot suits with CG robots that looked robot Like, I think that would take it up past the level of bad episode. Like, it would get it out from under the water. Yeah. Like, I think that that is, like, the main thing that's fucking it up. Like, I don't think the script is that bad. It's not. It's not at all. On the
1: page, this episode totally works. It's just a bad execution.
0: Well, the only thing that's ever reliably a perfect execution is our reading of the Priority One messages in the inbox. Do you want to go check
1: on those, Adam? Yeah, let's see if there are any uh, painted-on ab muscles. hmm <laughs> priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel Need a
2: supplemental income Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. supplemental Yeah, it's extra But the interest alone, could be enough to buy this ship
1: In our first message, which is from Poopy and it is to Ricky Rocco the message goes like this Happy 40th birthday to my favorite old Wow Since I last contacted you via Priority One, we've learned to cohabitate peacefully. While confined to quarters, the baby Cisco kitten has joined the fleet. And a little human is on the way. Wow. I wouldn't want to embark on this new voyage with anyone but you. Just don't leave me for the celestial temple. (laughs) Hey, Poopy and Ricky Rocco, making a human.
0: Yeah. Pretty wild. Uh, This is a... This is... One of those late P1s. Uh we missed Ricky Rocco's fortieth by several months, but uh but happy belated Ricky Rocco. Yeah. Adam, this one is from Cadet Ramon LP4. Hey we know Ramon LP four.
1: Sure do. Working on the punch card.
0: It's the commander, April Nicole Bram. It goes like this. Happy April birthday, April. From your H-Town peeps, this will surely be late, but I wanted to send my thanks for being an awesome FOD and hooking me into the pod. Can't imagine surviving 2020 without it. Eternally grateful you let me tag along for free to Greatest Gen Con last year when your then-boyfriend bailed. Unlike Tyler, he was without honor. That's right. Sounds like April Nicole Brehm. Comma Commander really upgraded to Tyler. Yeah,
1: Tyler sounds great. Tyler sounds good.
0: Previous boyfriend, weak as hell.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a real upgrade in the honor department.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Ramon LP4.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for your support of the greatest generation and your patience with us. (laughs) That's a message just
0: for Ramon LP4. People can head to maximumfund.org slash jembotron to get a Priority One message, Adam. That's right. It's 100 bucks for a personal message and 200 for a promotional message, and we appreciate them because they help support the production of this program.
1: Yeah, thanks, Poopy and Cadet Ramon LP4. Yeah.
0: Hey, Adam. What's that, Ben? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible.
1: Drunk, drunk Shimoda! Shimoda! I mean, this is going to be uh, a little abstract. Hmm. Anyone involved in the robot decision yeah. gets my drunk Shimoda. Yeah. A truly insane decision to make here, knowing what your abilities are. Yeah. That's it. Simply robot decision makers.
0: Yeah. I think mine is, is very close to yours. I already kind of talked about it. The The place where the front part of the helmet meets the that gap, Adam, is yeah. my drunk Shimoda. Oh, shit that gap.
1: It's not those abs. <laughs> it's that gap. It's a fucking trash can with abs.
0: Yeah. Trash can with
1: a gap. You know how Star Trek occasionally does the like the auction <laughs> of the costumes and whatever? Oh. They just threw
0: this one out, right? This this is this was not a yeah. was not a popular item at the
1: no. <laughs> the auction. $38 the winning bid. Yeah. <laughs> Not a, it's like guy,
0: more expensive to ship it than it was.
1: This guy, this guy brines his Thanksgiving turkey in the torso. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the winner does with this robot. Yeah,
0: I sure hope this paint is food safe. Yeah.
1: Objection noted. We'll do this without you. Do it. Do it.
0: Do it. Well, Adam, uh, it's time to decide how we will be watching the next episode. Uh, why don't you head over to gach.biz/ game where we keep the game of buttholes the will of the caretaker and I will tell you about season 2 episode 14. alliances. Hoping to strengthen Voyager's strategic position in the quadrant. Janeway reluctantly seeks an alliance with the Kazon. What?
2: Say
1: what? An alliance with who? You haven't seen what?
2: (laughs) You're required to learn as you play. Roll.
1: All right, Ben. uh, Our runabout is slowly pulsing on top of square 17. It's on the doorstep of a Quark's Bar episode. Uh, Just a few squares past that. The His Eyes Uncovered episode. Right. So much danger ahead. I can barely stand it. It's a really tremendous amount of danger, Adam. Ben, I've rolled a six. Wow. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. Big roll from me. Uh, It puts us on square 23 uh, on the doorstep of a banger, but safely in our rearview mirror are the uh, His Eyes Uncovered squares and the Quark's bar squared. I was sort of looking forward to a Quark's bar square. We didn't get it. Yeah. It's another regular old episode for us.
0: Wow. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to a regular old episode. Uh, and I'm also looking forward to seeing what the friends of DeSoto have to say about this episode on the internet.
1: Oh, yeah. Always read the comments. That's what I do. Uh, people like to talk about the show
0: using the hashtag GreatestGen on Twitter. Uh, there are great groups on Facebook, Reddit, uh, DrunkShimota.com, Discord. Uh, and, of course, we've got our social media accounts at GreatestTrek, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Good.
1: Those are run by the card daddy Bill Tilly. Uh the music practically a character on our show. Mm. The, the track you're listening to right now. Made by the estimable dark materia. And our theme in inter- interstitial music is made by the more estimabler Adam Ragusia. Adam Ragusia you might recognize as the famous YouTube celebrity cook sensation. He's he's one of the best friends of DeSoto. He's a great one. Um
0: yeah, thanks uh, to everyone that supports the show by going to maximumfun.org/join or buying something at podshop.biz.
1: Yeah, podshop.biz.
0: Get a get a t-shirt or a mug. Yeah. Enjoy it. Support the show.
1: Relish your body. <laughs>
0: And with that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of The Greatest Generation Voyager uh, where we uh, have to reluctantly seek an alliance with Big Rob. Oh, no. I'm, I'm guessing it'll fall through.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that usually does. I think so. it.